Jen, it's Fantasy Festivus, and time to air your fantasy grievances. Who let you down this week? This week, I'm going with one Isaiah McKenzie. And not because he did poorly. It's actually the opposite, right? So Isaiah McKenzie has not put up double digits in fantasy points since week eight. And that was only in that week only because he had a rushing touchdown, right? He's had no more than five targets since week six. So I write him up in my dead weight report that comes out every Tuesday morning. I bench him, as probably everybody did, right? He's been benched for a while, actually. And then the guy goes off. He gets 10 targets out of nowhere, puts up, you know, a line of 696-1 on the, on the day. Uh, super frustrating. So I'm annoyed as Isaiah McKenzie. I'm happy for him. Wonderful game. And I'm happy that he's involved again. Uh, but it's frustrating as a fantasy manager um, and as an analyst because I wrote him up as a, you know, my dead weight guy of the week. And then he goes off because that's, you know, the way it is. I'm with you. I'm with you on waivers in most leagues, Isaiah yeah. McKenzie on waivers and honestly probably needs to stay there. But I'm with you, Jen. Very disappointing. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the most accurate podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me are my excellent co-hosts, Jen Akins and Chris Allen. Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, we had a wonderful like Thanksgiving week this past week. Uh, my brother was in town. Kids wrestling all over the place. Got to actually watch football without having to work on last Thursday. So I thought it was a wonderful time. So just glad that we're through that weekend. We're on the downslope of the fantasy football season at this point. We've got the playoffs just like a few weeks away. So it feels like everything's starting to wind down. And I, I love this point of the season. But other than that, I'm doing, I'm doing quite well. Uh, Jen, how are you doing other than being upset with uh, Mr. McKenzie? Uh, I'm good. Otherwise good. Um, we were just spe- speaking before we came on. Unfortunately, our, our snake passed away yesterday. Um, my son's snake. So, you know, a little bit of a bummer there. Um, yeah. But as far as the fantasy realm goes, I'm good. I mean, like you, winding down, happy about it. I'm uh, I'm exhausted. It's been a long season. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, you know, fantasy playoffs are always fun. So I'm excited about that. Best ball stuff winding up too. Exciting to see if we're going to advance, all that kind of stuff. Brandon, you are not wearing a Tua jersey today. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm I'm wearing my my Betsperts hoodie that I that I like. This this you know it's the only green thing I have, and I love it. I love this. Uh, I love this this hoodie. So, uh, what was your snake's name, Jen? Colonel. His name was actually Colonel Cornelius Cornwall, but oh, see, Colonel. Colonel. I love it. He's a, cor- he's a corn snake, fellas. That yeah. uh, you know. My yeah. Wait, that's a real thing. A corn snake? <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's a so, sun. He was actually a sunburst corn snake. Oh, uh, yes. His name was Cornelius or Colonel Cornelius Cornwall. Oh. Uh, and, uh, every, uh, yeah. Everyone, pour one out. We're going to dedicate the stream tonight to Colonel oh. Cornelius Cornwall, uh, the corn snake who lived way too short in our lives, and we will miss very, very much. Uh, This is our weekly streaming episode. We'll emphasize hot pickups for primary streaming positions. That's quarterback, tight end, kicker, team defense, and snake. Uh, But before (laughs) we get into that, let's go into our uh, Week 12 results, see how we did last week. Chris, buddy, quarterback was rough last week. Ryan Tannehill, 23rd. Taylor Heineke, 24th. Kenny Pickett, 25th. Tough, tough week for the quarterbacks. Uh, who knew Mike White was the guy? Who knew Mike White was the guy last week? So uh, tight end streamers, uh, Jen Foster Moreau, nice move for you. Ninth, tight end nine. Uh, Tyler Conklin struggled, tied, uh, tight end 17th. Trey McKitty, I'm going to give an incomplete because you said only if Gerald Everett doesn't play. And Juwan Johnson with a big goose egg for everybody. Oof, 
oof, the Saints offense was tough. Uh, kickers, however, you fared very well. Jason Sanders tied for fourth. Jason Myers tied for ninth. Greg Zerline tied for 13th. Cameron Dicker disappointed, tied for 26th. But other than that, three out of four excellent kicking options from you. And my defenses came through. Dolphins were first. Panthers were tied for third. Vikings were sixth. Those were my uh, main options on, on the defensive side of the ball. Week 13 buys Cardinals and Panthers. So a couple good receivers on by this week, and somebody probably needs your quarterbacks this week, Chris, because Kyler Murray is going to be off. So uh, let's get to our sleeper streamer of the week. Our top quarterback is our sleeper streamer of the week. Number one quarterback that people should be looking to to stream. So, Chris, who's our sleeper streamer of the week? Uh, it's Mike White. And can I go on a rant, like, real quick? Definitely. The... So – I've been thinking about just how the quarterback position has been, at least for streaming purposes. And this is not me like trying to play like my little violin and saying like, you know, this job sucks because every week coming <laughs> up with a quarterback that has that only scores you like 10 points. is just not the way that you're going to wind up winning like fantasy football leagues. It's just, it's just not, but thinking about it, it's like you go through each week as a, an analyst and I'm like using heavy air quotes there, but if that's what you want to consider, that's what we do. That's what we are. But you go through the process each week of trying to identify the proper matchups and then figuring out like who has the best chance at like at least a safe floor for folks to pick up, but also has a shot at a ceiling. But if you look at where we're at at this point, so three months into the season, and I'm just looking back over the possible options that we had, and it's just been different than past years where we started off the season losing Trey Lance and then Jimmy Garoppolo became like the hot pickup. And then now he's essentially gone from the pool. Uh, we've had Tom Brady like in and out of like, in terms of like the volatility from week to week standpoint, Russell Wilson has flamed out Matt Stafford also in and out of the lineup. So it's just the number of options that we've been able to rely on, at least from a streaming pool standpoint has really shrunk over the past few weeks to the point where I've literally had to write up like Kyle Allen and tell people not to start him <laughs> because it's just our options are so thin. It's like I have to talk myself out of players before I can start talking myself into other options. But again, uh, I not to just, cut you it, off, Chris, but but even even the stars like streamers, you're absolutely right. It's a small pool, but even the stars like Omar Jackson, Kyler Murray, yep. lots of dead weeks, like good weeks. But these are your QB five, QB six, QB eight on the season and they're still wildly inconsistent and losing matchups for people. So I'm with you. It's, it's hard for, for quarterback position this year. Yeah. And a lot of folks have wound up at least not hoarding quarterbacks, but there have been fewer options that have been under the 40% roster rate that we typically look for, for streaming options, because I just don't know if the guys that they want to play are going to be available or if they're trying to plan ahead for bye weeks and whatnot, because the bye week gauntlet has been somewhat tough, it's been harder and harder to guess to find the guess the optimal options on a week to week basis. So again, that's just my that's me playing my little violin for a little bit because I look at the <laughs> options each week and just like, oh gosh, like if you'd like to trade again, for tight end, feel free, yeah. and then you can. Yes, you know, I'm not doing that because <laughs> you can start it. to talk about options. I don't have enough alcohol in the house. And Figured I'd throw my, that out there. And I make my own <laughs> beer. So like, no, that's just like, it's not an option. But okay, Mike White. Let's talk about Mike White. Okay, I said like literally in my article, like a first sentence when I'm uh, writing up Mike White. Okay, label me a skeptic because I get the idea because of, like I just said, we're talking about the process for finding quarterback streaming options. And typically the process that you'd want to use like outside of game environment, and all that is you want to find an option that has both a reliable floor, but you also want to have a shot at a ceiling. We want a guy that can give us those 
let's see, a top 12 like type option, which was in fact like Mike White just this past week. But, but yeah, I, I can't expect every week for Mike White to throw to a Garrett Wilson that uh, winds up running by Eddie Jackson, who's lying on the floor because he just busted his ankle and now he's out for the remainder of the season. I, I can't expect him to be able to at least, you know, move the ball against a Chicago defense who was who came into the matchup, right? They came into the matchup like bottom five, bottom six, and just fancy points allowed to the quarterback position. And then they also lose like their top corner, like in the matchup as well. So it's just, again, the last time I checked, Minnesota has a healthy defense. So I'm not, again, it's just, it's difficult for me to square this idea that Mike White, again, great story. I'm hoping that the Jets that wind up having at least something that they can rely on as they make their push for the playoffs, but it's just not the same matchup against the Vikings. Vikings, as of right now, they are 25th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position, so that's good. Uh, we just saw like Mac Jones, like kind of light them up on some explosive passes, like when they played when they played on Thanksgiving. Also good, surrendered like 300 passing yards uh, in two more passing scores in seven consecutive games. Like also good. But this is also a Jets offense that, again, with Mike White, negative 8% in pass rate over expected in week 12. I mean, which was down from what they were doing when they had like Zach Wilson, like uh, under center. So it's just the passing volume isn't there. Highly efficient. And that's fine. He can have a highly efficient, like a highly efficient game or at least an efficient game against the Vikings. But to expect 300 passing yards and multi multiple touchdowns, I don't know if the ceiling is going to be there. So I do think that Mike White, compared to the other options that you would take a look at that are under the 40% roster rate, he's the only one that I can find that has at least the viable floor. Throwing to Garrett Wilson, solid. Throwing to Elijah Moore, finally, also solid. So it's just I can see him having an efficient day, but to expect him to have the same ceiling as we saw just this past Sunday, I don't think that's going to be there against the Vikings. But again, checks all the boxes, so he's my top streamer for this week. Would you start him? Uh, Daniel Duong wants to know if you'd start Mike White over to Sean Watson. And then uh, Bovis13 wants to know if uh, Trevor Lawrence would be the pick between those three. So how would you rank Lawrence, Watson, and White? So let's see. What are my so let's see, what are the matchups like supposed to be for like so Trevor game? Lawrence is up against Detroit. So to me, he's a must start. Like I'm yes. starting Trevor Lawrence against Detroit. Uh Deshaun yeah. Watson gets uh, a revenge Houston. game against he, I guess revenge, revenge against whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know, whatever that is. Um yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh Mike White, uh, you know, obviously gets Minnesota. So um to me, that's your order. To me, it's it's Lawrence Watson White. But what do you think, Chris? I agree. I agree with that because Watson, I think, probably provides like the best upside, like uh, the best like ceiling out of that entire group. Uh, and it's probably easy to look at like his pass catching options, even though if you want to go with the whole Amari Cooper doesn't play well away like that, that sort of thing. I can still see like Watson at least having at least a serviceable enough day. And again, like I said, the ceiling with Houston's defense provides like the highest ceiling. But still, out of the, the rest of that group, I think Trevor Lawrence, again, going against Detroit, we just watched them get absolutely roasted by like Isaiah McKenzie like and, and company like the, this past week. So I think out of that group, I think Mike White, again, still solid option, but I would label it. I would order it in the same way that you just did. Yeah. Uh, Jen. Oh, go oh, ahead. No, mine's not. I mean, why are you like, 
why why is it not a revenge game like i don't understand Uh, so revenge would be like a team did them wrong right but like so like i'm saying revenge like he's getting revenge for being a jerk like it's no what i mean that's but i mean even prior to him being a jerk wasn't i mean the year before that it was not good there right or or was it was it all maybe i'm well he was great that year then he demanded a trade but um but then all the all the lawsuits came so yeah i i mean i i guess it's just it's just funny it's like when um I remember watching when Ben Roethlisberger uh, had all the the stuff. I'll just say yeah. the stuff, right? The stuff. I, I, I remember it. the playoffs listening to the announcers say, after all the adversity Ben Roethlisberger yeah, faced. Yeah, that's, no. That, right? yeah, that's bad. So that to me, bad. it's the same kind of like. I understand what you're saying. I was just. Right? Curious, like to call I, it a revenge game implies that Watson was wronged in some way. No, yeah, he was definitely not. So that's why I put revenge okay. in quotes. Got right? it. So <laughs> were you going to ask me something real? That's like irrelevant to the podcast. I was, I was going to ask you if, um, if the Colonel were to play for the Browns, could he run for a hundred yards against the Texans? That's no, I, I'm just kidding. He I, doesn't have legs. So I'm yeah. going to go with a big no. Slither. And he, he's he was slither. like this big, but anyway, yeah, he could slither a hundred yards. No, in all seriousness, um, is that a concern with Deshaun Watson for you, Jen, uh, from a fantasy football perspective, uh, that the Browns go in and just run all over, Houston and that it's a Nick Chubb day and that Deshaun Watson has a quiet but efficient day in a victory. Yeah, I mean, I would think that that would be the case, right? I mean, analytics tell us, you know, history tells us whatnot that if they, you know, if they get up early, then yeah, why not? They're going to continue to just run the ball and they probably shouldn't, um, you know, they don't need to to, to pass. And and they, I would assume they're going to ease him in. I mean, Watson hasn't played in a very long time. I think it's like 700 days or something I saw. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. Years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been a while. So I would think they need to ease him in. And it's the perfect game to do so unless, you know, he, yeah. I mean, unless for some crazy reason they get down and they have to throw. But, you know, it doesn't seem, you know, the way we've watched the Texans play this this year, uh, I can't imagine them getting down uh, early or at all. It could be if you needed a bounce, if you wanted a bounce back situation for one Damian Pierce, it would be going up against the Browns run defense. That would probably be the best time for that to happen, giving Houston a way to stay, at least give him a fighter's chance uh, against the against Cleveland. Yeah, Browns, uh, Browns, terrible defense. We will get to that later. Uh, <laughs> uh, listeners, Mike White, still our sleeper streamer of the week. Don't forget, listeners, sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform with excellent custom settings for fantasy commissioners. I'm talking Dynasty, Redraft, IDP, you name it. Sleeper has it, and it's easily accessible, wildly mobile friendly. So go download the app and join or start a league today. Uh, before we get to those other quarterbacks, I just want to, uh, you know, drop into the chat for just a second. B-Dubs wants to know if they should drop Cordero Patterson for jk dobbins uh my thought is if you're starting cordero patterson i would not if if cordell patterson is toward the end of your uh of your bench and you'd rather roster and stash one dobbins would be my pick jen uh master of all things stash related uh would you drop cordero patterson for jk dobbins um it depends like you said it depends on what you're what you're doing it depends on the rest of your roster depends on who else you have at running back if if now if court if corderell or cordero however you pronounce his name um if he's in your flex spot you know then i would i could possibly do that uh you know the ravens are kind of struggling and I, I don't know if we can really count on dobbins like you know showing up and all of a sudden having um you know 
entering the conversation as an RB two or even RB three. So, uh, you know, not that uh, the Falcons are, are fantastic and not that Patterson has been that great either in recent weeks. So I think it depends. Like, like you said, if you're starting him, I'd probably keep him, but if he's a flex or, or he's kind of a every week mental game of, should I start? Should I not? Then maybe just swap it out just for freshness of your, of your mental, you know, <laughs> process. Uh, makes sense to me. Uh, Chris, uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones or Traylon Burks, uh, this week and rest of season, uh, you know, it's a wash for me, but I know I know a lot of people are really high on Traylon Burks. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm still with Traylon Burks. I mean, even this past week, we saw him, like, continue to at least, like, be up there in terms of targets, air yard share. Glad to see him get the touchdown. Although, and again, going on, like, my little mini rant, like, Ryan Tannehill would have been, like, quarterback 15 or 16 had Derrick Henry just held on to the ball on that yeah. screen pass that he took to the house. <laughs> I mean, that completely swung his entire rank, like, for like for this past week. But I digress. <laughs> I got kicked uh, out of a guillotine league based on that specific play. Had that play uh -huh. happened, I would still be in there. So I'm yeah. frustrated with that, too. <laughs> I, like, right when it happened, because I played Traylon Burks in DFS Cash this week, so I was happy that I got the touchdown at the same time. I was like, I really needed that touchdown for Ryan Tannehill. So that doesn't help me like at all. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I still think it's I still think it's Burks. I, I like the way that DPJ has come on over the past few weeks. But if we're still somewhat concerned about Watson knocking the rust off, Watson not being pushed against Houston, it's just easier for me to look at it and say, like, I'll take the guy that's probably going to at least earn more targets or be one of the primary targets, like for his quarterback versus DPJ. Who knows how it's going to shake out? Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Uh, I like DPJ just because I I feel like. I feel like ethics aren't really a football thing and Deshaun Watson's going to blow up because of that. So mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just because it's not fair. Statement game. <laughs> That's what I, I just think it's not fair. So uh, let's see here. Uh, Chris, I know you brought a couple more quarterbacks. Who else should we be looking at streaming at the quarterback position this week? Yeah. Yeah. So the deeper guys, they're mostly just like floor plays. So Taylor Heineke, we know what he brings to the table and it's almost a similar, a similar situation to Mike white where the commanders, they're also like in the like minus 10% like pass rate over expectations. So the volume really is not going to be there. But Heineke is shown to be efficient, like as he moves the ball. It's just once they get in the scoring position, we know it's going to be Brian Robinson, possibly Antonio Gibson. But Brian Robinson with his big hat, which was hilarious to see, like after the game was over, we can Amazing. see him actually. Amazing. Yeah. But again, it's going against, but it's also playing into the game and environment as well. Because you got Mike White versus the uh, Minnesota Vikings. That's a potent offense. But Taylor Heineke going against the Giants, not so much. We can't really expect a ton of back and forth scoring between the between those two uh, between those two offenses. I think if I'm remembering correctly, that game has like a forty and a half point, forty one point total versus the forty four forty five point total for the Jets Vikings game. So. With the two quarterbacks, Heineke and White, being like somewhat similar in terms of both talent, like their own talent, and then also their surrounding talent, it's just, again, I give the nod to White because of the game environment. So Heineke is, is at the very least a floor play like for Week 12. Nice, nice. I like, I like a little Taylor Heineke. He's been uh, gutsy yeah. and exciting to watch. Yeah, last dude, Kenny Pickett. We know what he brings to the table too. I, I guess, uh, again, like looking at... His pass rate over expectation over the past like few weeks, it has been down, but dude's still slinging it down the field. Like we've seen him connect with George Pickens. He was just off on a couple of passes to both Deontay Johnson and Pickens, like once they got into the red zone. So it's not like they're slowing down or handing the ball off more once they do get into the red zone. And now with Najee Harris's in, uh, uh, injury, 
we could see at least a bit more volume like uh, for uh, for Kenny Pickett like this week, especially going up against the Falcons. Even with AJ Terrell back, 30, 31 yards per drive, like two opposing offenses over the past couple of weeks with Terrell back in the lineup. It was a like a random-ish uh, uh, interception that they got like last weekend too. So it's just, I'm not putting a ton against that defense. So I do like uh, like Kenny Pickett against the Falcons this weekend. Excellent. Little rushing upside with Kenny Pickett too. He's been kind of doing some of that. I like that. Uh, Jen, uh, let's go straight into tight ends since we're actually running a little long this week, which is nice. So I'll push this along and uh, let's get to your tight end streamers. Well, you know I'll be quick because tight end is is <laughs> disgusting. I'm going to hey. just... Preface a little Foster this whole Moreau thing. back there, though. A little Foster Moreau. You got to like that. Dude, it, it's it's <laughs> ugly. Like, so I was, you know, Justin Edwards, a uh, friend of the show and friend of ours, um, co-worker. Uh, he writes the tight end streaming article every week that I actually edit. And I was laughing because he, you know, he pointed out all the ridiculous backup tight ends that were in fantasy one territory this past week. I mean, Josh Oliver, like just ridiculous names. It's ugly. We, we don't know anything. That, that's really what happens. We figure it out every week. We don't know anything. But I'm going to attempt to know something here, and I will throw out a couple names for us here. First guy, we're going <laughs> we're going back to the well for the whatever time with Tyler Conklin. Uh, in Minnesota, revenge game. We got a, a legit revenge game from Tyler Conklin this week. Uh, in Minnesota, he is 18% rostered. Uh, you know, he went. he had three catches for 50 yards last week with Mike White. He actually ran a route on 73% of Mike White's dropbacks. So, I mean, he was in the mix. Um, you know, like I said, revenge game. Vikings are 25th in uh, tight end adjusted fantasy points allowed. So, good matchup. Fresh quarterback. He's, he's you know, he's the best option for the week, I think. So, there you have that. Uh, option number two, Foster Moreau, uh, back in the mix as well. At home against the Chargers, he is 39% rostered. Uh, he's actually tight end five in total targets since week eight, um, which is, you know, it's not bad there. Uh, the chargers are allowing 9.4 half PPR points a game to opposing tight ends. So, you know, Moreau is hit or miss, but Waller's not coming back. So there he is. Uh, if you need him, uh, third guy, very gross, Evan Ingram. It's funny, right? So, so Evan Ingram is actually fifth in routes run, um, routes run, um, among tight ends in 2022. I mean, I don't know. He's basically just doing wind sprints, I guess, because he's not really getting the ball, but he's out there. Um, you know, he's only had seven targets in the last three games, but he has a good matchup. They're playing Detroit, which, you know, Brandon mentioned earlier. Um, they're 30th in tight end adjusted fantasy points allowed. So the matchups there, the, the, you know, action on the field is there. The volume is not at the moment, but, you know, all he needs is, you know, one catch and a touchdown, and he's better than, you know, 80% of the tight ends right it's now. True, that are if out they get there. in, you know, <laughs> so we got that. I got one more bonus. Uh, today, uh, Brian Dable says that uh, Daniel Bellinger is trending in the right direction. So not a good matchup at all. They're playing Washington, um, who I believe is first or second in uh, against tight ends. So definitely not a good matchup. However, he's going to, you know, his resume his duties as the pass catching tight end for the Giants. If you're desperate, he's coming back. Maybe they'll try to get him the ball. They feel bad. He, you know, fractured his eye. Not a fun injury. Uh, so maybe they'll pepper him with with some balls. I don't know. But there you go. There's the bonus uh, fourth guy. There they all are. Uh, I would say in all their glory, but it's really not <laughs> glorious at all. It's disgusting. But we're all in the same boat because even the guys that, you know, have been okay, you still can't count on those guys anyway. So 
it's all a crapshoot at tight end if you don't have Travis Kelsey. Um, uh, quickly, Jen, uh, yes. B-Dubs wants to know what you think about Jelani Woods against Dallas this week. Uh, I mean, I think that's a little bit of fool's gold. I wish it wasn't. I wish that we had someone that Me we too. could be like sweet. Um, I mean, listen, he's as, as good of a dart throw as any of the guys I just mentioned. So, I mean, sure. Like if you want to pick him up, go for it. But I don't know. I think it was kind of just a random game. And unfortunately that happens with the tight end position more than any other position is a random guy will just go off one week and then we don't see him again. So, uh, you know, but like I said, he's as good of a, of a guess as any of the other guys I just mentioned. So go for it if you, if you want him. Yeah. And, uh, Daniel Dion wants to know about, uh, top running three running back waivers this week, uh, four for four, uh, our wonderful, uh, producer Sal has answered that. I, I just wanted to point out John Daigle's waiver wire article that's up on the site right now. It's a great spot. List the running backs that that Sal just put up. There. Those are absolutely the players that you want to do. John's also got a great little video that tells you why Tyrion Davis Price is the running back to pick up uh, in San Francisco as opposed to Jordan Mason, which is worth checking out on our YouTube channel, which definitely subscribe if you haven't already. Jen, yes. uh, now that I've done that, uh, let's go to kicker. Is it a good week to, to stream kicker? Yes. Kicker is not <laughs> disgusting. So yay. Nice. Um, kicker. Listen, you know, I, I can always find nuggets uh, in the kicker world and this week is not bad. Uh, I will say our number one kicker. Listen, you know, you're always going to target positional players against the Texans, right? Kickers, no different. So we have Cade York uh, against Houston this week. He's only 4% rostered, so he's probably out there in your league, in any league. Uh, you know, the Browns are, are, are touchdown favorites. They're seven-point favorites. They actually, uh, their, their team implied total is 27, which is actually the second highest on the slate. So they're expected to score 27 points, which means plenty of kicker points. So Cade York is my number one guy there. Uh, second guy Friend of our of our streaming uh, cast, he's been here probably I don't know it's nine out of twelve weeks. Still Jason 40%? Myers, he's, oh. he's he's right at the he's right at the cutoff forty percent. Uh, playing the Rams, you know, in L.A. Jason Myers is kicker four on the season, folks. He has the fourth highest fantasy points on the season, and he is still a streamer. Uh, they are eight point favorites with a twenty four point seven five implied team total. So he's my second guy there. Uh, third guy, Mike Badgley against Jacksonville. Uh, this game's fun. I think there's going to be, I think it has absolute shootout potential. So uh, right now Detroit, and also, you know, it's at home in, or for Detroit in a dome. So you can't really beat that when it comes to kicking. Uh, but Detroit is a one point favorite in this one uh, with a 26.25 implied team total. Um, I do have one bonus that I did not write on the sheet. So it is not nice. there. Um, and that's just the other side of that game, right? Jacksonville, same thing. I just said shootout. Riley Patterson, he's only 2% rostered. Uh, and they have a 25.25 implied team total, which is one less than Detroit, obviously, if, you know, if it's a one point thing there, but anyway, so yeah, Riley Patterson, I mean, he's available in 98% of leagues. So if you're in a larger league and you're scrounging, I think either of those guys on both sides of the ball are, uh, are good streamers. Yeah. Go pick up Jason Myers. He shouldn't be in this list anymore. <laughs> He's, hey, he makes it 40%. I'm counting it. It's good. No, no, no. That's you should absolutely write him up until he uh crosses that threshold. I just can't believe that I can't believe nobody's picked him up. It's crazy. Uh Jefferson's Justice League says that uh, Jen is so blunt. That's what we love about Jen. She uh she straddles that line of blunt and kind perfectly as good <laughs> as anyone out there. We absolutely love Jen. Uh let's do defense streamers. It's a 
pretty good week. Um, I will say this week with defenses, you're really chasing matchups more than talent. Like the talented defenses are snacked are snatched up right now. Uh, but there are some really, really, really good matchups for the bad, uh, the bad defenses out there. So I'm going to start with the Seahawks. Uh, they go up against the Rams. Uh, they were bad last week. The Seahawks were bad last week. I'm not going to say that they weren't uh, defensively. They just got lit up. But uh, but the Rams are down to basically Jen and I at wide receiver. Uh, I think Chris is going to play quarterback. I think it's going to be us. Sal is going to be at running back. The Rams are, are 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 struggling so much offensively, and they I think they just lost Aaron Donald to an ankle. So this team uh, is definitely on their way down for this season. And Seattle is still playing very well offensively. So I think that that's going to be enough to cause some turnovers, something like that. And here's what, you know, uh, Seattle interior defensive line is getting push, getting pressure. Uh, Bryce Perkins threw two interceptions last week. You, you get somebody in his face. He's going to throw him up there. And that rookie corner, Tariq Wolin, second in the league in interceptions. So, uh, I see turnovers and I see the Rams struggling, uh, Seattle putting up good defensive fantasy numbers as a result. So Seattle's my top defense right there. Uh, I would go with Seattle over Cleveland. Daniel Cleveland is on here because they're playing Houston. They are straight up garbage. I'm going to. I'm going to be honest, that defense has been terrible this year. They have talent. They have talent on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, just struggling. They're probably the worst defense in football right now, so it's hard to recommend them. 9% Yahoo roster ship shows just how much they've been bad, but uh, but the Texans don't look any better with Kyle Allen than they did with Davis Mills, arguably worse, right? And against Houston, these are the last uh, six finishes for defense special teams in fantasy points dolphins were first last week washington first the year before or the week before and the four weeks prior giants philly tennessee and vegas seventh in each of those weeks not all of those are very good defenses so it's worth considering and the browns are worth picking up if you need to so uh again bad it's we're really gonna test like there's the whole like unstoppable force meeting an immovable object here's a very stoppable force meeting a very movable object and we're gonna Mm -hmm. see what happens so uh the last one i've got Steelers at the falcons Steelers, uh they're playing better defense they got tj watt back and minka fitzpatrick is back and so they're getting healthy they're playing better and the falcons aren't very good uh Steelers have 10 sacks over the last four games including three last week marcus Mariota will hold the ball uh Falcons have scored in the teens in four of their last six games, so they're not exactly a a firepower on offense. Uh, Steelers tied for second with 13 interceptions this season. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, super, super opportunistic, looks healthy. Uh, And, you know, the Steelers, they've they've given up some big numbers to, like, the Bengals and stuff, but they've also held the bad offenses pretty low. So the last few weeks, they've held bad offenses in check, and I think this is another bad offense the Steelers will hold in check. I think the Steelers are probably the safest option of the three this week. Seahawks give you a little more upside because I just feel like a pick six is just begging every time Bryce Perkins (laughs) uh, drops back with the ball. So uh, those are my defensive streamers this week. Um. Let's see here. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, yeah, Vegas has uh higher over under for the Houston Cleveland game, too. Absolutely. Uh, Jen, I wanted to ask you about these Steelers. Um, just real quick before we go, because Najee Harris is hurt. Jalen Warren is coming off a hamstring. Benny Snell is in the mix. Anthony McFarland. Are are you prioritizing any of those Steelers running backs right now? I'm not. I cannot do Benny Snell. Like when when they when they started handing, I was like, why are they giving this guy the ball again? We're really going to go back and do this Benny Snell thing again. I mean, McFarlane looked pretty good. Uh, You know, I just don't think, 
I mean, I guess if you're truly desperate, then sure. Uh, but you know, I've, I've gone through my teams and my waivers and I will not be, uh, I will not be putting in any claims for either of those two now. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I I'm kind of in the same boat. Anthony McFarland looks like a bowling ball when he runs. It makes me so happy. I, I just love watching it. And he still catches the ball and gets out. He's kind of nimble. I, I want him to happen. I really do. So, uh, Chris, any final thoughts before I close out for today? No, I think that's it. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Jen. Always a pleasure. Thanks to everyone who uh, joined us in the chat and everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and hit subscribe on that YouTube channel. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Jen Akins NFL, at Chris Allen FFWX, and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks so much for checking us out. Have a good day.